Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. This morning, um, we're going to be in Mark 8, and a lot of I'm going to be talking about Jesus healing the blind man. Um, but I find it interesting in studying this how really this whole chapter kind of revolves around that this subject and it all kind of brings it you know that's how how it is really uh in the bible you you can't take things out of context right (laughs) that's not a good thing so don't do that by the way um but even in these different stories of jesus healing the blind man or doing these other miracles there's so many things, and, and it's all brought together, and seeing it, I don't know, just reading this chapter, I just a handful of things that I saw, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing, and, and in this, in chapter 8, it starts out where Jesus feeds the 4,000, and they, you know, once again, didn't have enough food to feed these people, but Jesus is like, hey, these people have been following me and, and stayed, he, they've stayed with us, and how could, we, how could we continue on without feeding them? They must be hungry. I need to bless them because they are staying with me. And I don't, even in that, there's just a wonderful little picture of how as we're following him, he wants to sustain us and bless us. That's not my what I'm preaching about today, though, so we'll continue on. But then you have where the Pharisees are coming around, and of course, they're following along too, wanting to catch Jesus doing things that goes against what they believe and all these different things. But the Pharisees are coming around, and and after the 4,000 are fed, then the Pharisees come, and they're seeking a sign. Say, hey, we want to see something. Like, they, they are coming in this place of question and and, and like trying to get in and get something to catch Jesus off guard, to, to get him, which is impossible, but saying, hey, just show us, show us something if, if you are who you say you are. And then he goes from there, in verse 13, it, it comes to this place where um, Jesus leaves them, he just walks away from the Pharisees, and he goes away, and then he starts talking to his disciples about leaven. And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they're like, I, I mean, they, they start talking amongst themselves, you know. Well, like, Jesus over there, you imagine, they're just kind of talking like, oh my, we forgot to bring some bread with us. That's what they said. It's like we don't have it. It's because we only have one loaf of bread. We don't have enough bread with us. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And Jesus is like, because he knew what was going on in them. It says, Jesus being aware of this, he said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And so in this moment, Jesus is saying, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they're like, oh shoot, we forgot bread. It's like, 
do you still not, and there's many times that he <laughs> speaks to his disciples, I think speaks to us, is really what I see in this. Where he speaks to us, or here in the scripture, the, the, the disciples, and he says, do you still not understand what I'm talking about? I've given you eyes to see. I've given you ears to hear. And now, this is the thing. The disciples, Jesus is talking about spiritual things. And the disciples are still talking about physical things. And that's why he's like, do you still? I've not just given you eyes to see and ears to hear in the natural, but I've given you eyes to see and ears to hear in the spirit world to understand. I've been with you this long and I've been teaching you all these things. You've been walking with me, but do you still not understand that I'm not just talking about a stupid loaf of bread? I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about what you're letting into your life. I'm talking about what you're listening to. And what you're seeing, you see, it's, it's something, because we have the Pharisees here. When Jesus says, we're talk, he's, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, he says, beware. What's going on? They came questioning. They came with their lack of faith. They didn't trust him. They didn't have faith in him. They didn't believe in him. Now, it doesn't say in this scripture that the disciples were questioning Jesus or, you know, that they were lacking faith or saying, yeah, maybe we should trust the Pharisees in this. Or maybe he isn't who he is. It doesn't say that. But Jesus' response in this makes me believe that he felt something or knew something that was being planted in their heart. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He had to get away from their lack of faith. And he wanted to help his disciples to understand that they needed to get away from their lack of faith. What's making your dough rise? What's making your dough rise? Is it the world around you or is it Jesus? I believe that's what he's saying. That's my, my paraphrase. You get a Josh paraphrase on this. You put in the Josh Bible, you know, with the notes on the side. What's making your dough rise? That's what he's, he's saying. Beware of this leaven because the leaven is what builds up and puffs up and and and. and builds up the bread to what it should be, right? It makes it rise. Are we rising to what is happening in the world around us? Are we letting that stuff get in us? Is that's what, I mean, that leaven, it permeates the whole bread. That yeast, it, it, it permeates the whole thing and makes it but I don't want to be puffed up in what the world has, or I don't want to be filled up. I don't want that to be messed up all inside every fiber of my being. I want Jesus. See, and that's what he's saying. I want Jesus. I want every fiber of who I am for, for the leaven of who he is. 
we come to this moment. So we're already talking. See, he's already talking about faith and, and what you are trusting, what you are seeing. And then we come to the blind man in Mark 8, 20, 28. And it, and it has to be here connected to this for a reason. In Mark 8, 22, it says, Then he came to Bethsaida. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then we'll break it down a little bit, okay? Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, and when he had spit in his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, neither go into town nor tell anyone in the town. The first thing that's interesting is that he goes, he's coming into the town. He walks, he's walking, comes away, walks away from the Pharisees, getting away from that mess. And he walks into the town of Bethsaida, and, and this town of Bethsaida, you know what that, that word Bethsaida means? House of fish. And we just had where earlier in this chapter where he feeds 4,000, and even before, fed 5,000 with fish. And he says, I'm not going to go. I just, if you will, it it's my feeling that he's saying, I'm not going to go where there's a lack of faith. I'm going to go where there's a picture of the things that God wants to do, and there's tons of fish. There's a multiplication of fish. You could say that. You could, I mean, you could, I may be making that up. I don't know. But this town of Bethsaida means house of fish. So he comes there. And they brought a blind man to him. And begged him to touch him. It says, they brought a blind man. It doesn't say who it was. But people brought him. And in this, look, we need people. We need people around us to help us. And, you know, you may, not see, you may say, like, well, I'm not blind, but in a way, there are things that we all are blind to if we are walking alone. If we're walking alone, we may be even on the right path to start with, but it's so easy to veer off when you don't have people around you to help you and guide you and lead you to where Jesus is. Now, you can say, I'm following Jesus, I'm, you know, I, I love him, I'm... Great. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you, me, I have to bounce things off of people. My dad, friends, family, like, Pastor Tori, like, we talk about these things. If I was out here alone, I could just take and make all this stuff mean exactly what I wanted it to mean, and I wouldn't have anybody to tell me any different. We need people. To show us the way when we're blind. And we can be blind, blind pretty easily to things. So we can't be on our own. It's like, 
We cannot do this alone. That's why it's so important to, to be a part of, of a body of believers. It's so important to, to, to be in, in life groups and to do things, you know, even outside of that, to get together and hang out and be around those that are like-minded and believe. So that you can encourage each other, so you can pray for each other, so you can say, hey, you're stupid. You are not supposed to be thinking that thing. I'm just kidding. I'm staying a little bit strong and funny, but you know what? You get the point. Sometimes we need somebody to say, hey, you're being ridiculous. Or you shouldn't act that way. Or that's not, that doesn't mean, a word doesn't mean what you think it means. too easy, especially when we're hurting, when we're struggling, when there's, there's issues, there's things. I will tell, I, I'll raise my hand. You don't even have to, because I know you don't want to be called out, but whenever we're dealing with stuff, that's when we want to be alone. That's when we want to run away. That's when we don't want somebody to come tell us. Or somebody to be around us. But that is exactly when we most need somebody in our lives. We need people. It says again in 22, Mark 8, 22. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought, they, his friends, the people around him. They brought him, they led him. Because he was blind, because he couldn't see himself. They brought him to Jesus. And they begged him to touch him. They brought him up to Jesus, and it says they, his friends, were in, 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 the, in the mud with him. See, I, I love this too. Are we helping people get to that place that they need to go? And not just, see, it says that they begged him to touch him. They didn't say, okay, here we go, here we go, Jesus is over here, he's there, bye, see ya, you know, and walk away. No, they helped in the prayer, if you will, in the ask, in the pulling at Jesus, they helped. Are we standing together in prayer and walking alongside one another and, and, and with them? It's like, hey, right, whenever one of us is struggling or dealing with something, we need help. We even need help in the prayer. We even need help in the asking God to come and do something. Are we standing together in prayer? And in faith to believe, right? This wasn't just this guy that, that wanted healing. His friends, or the, the they, the people that brought him, wanted the healing for him too. They said, we're going to stand with you. We're going to say, hey, Jesus, please, please heal our friend. Man, how many of you need, I need that. I need somebody to say, please, please help Josh get through the week, you know? 
We need people around us. And they begged him to touch him. They begged him to touch him. Because they knew something. That if Jesus were to just, would just touch him, that they knew that, that if, if they could just receive, they could just get close enough for him to touch him, then he would be healed. And so many times, so many stories, we see it all over the Bible, even touching the hem of his clothes and healing going out of him because of the faith of the woman that touched the hem of his clothes. Him just touching someone in it. Healing is flowing out. Those miracles, those signs and wonders, they just wanted a touch. They said, please touch him. In Luke 6, 19, it says, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. They knew that there was power Supernatural power that was flowing out of Jesus. But do we know that, that what he has done for us and the work on the cross has not only given us this relationship that we need to have with our Heavenly Father, but it's also given everything that he has to us so that we can walk in that with him. So when we read these things, that that power flowed out of him whenever they touched him, do you know that, that there is a power inside of us because he is with us? There is that strength and, and that miraculous healing that can move through us if we walk in that. If we trust, if we have this faith, and I, and I hope you see throughout this, there's this, there's this little picture doesn't talk about or say the word faith a lot, but there's a lot that has to do in this, in this chapter about faith. About if you believe. Do we understand what is in us? He is with us, right? We are His. We have this relationship, but also all that He is is with us. He sent the Spirit to be our helper, and the Spirit is, is the, the action, the, the creation in this. I can't even get into it. This is the whole, Pastor Rick might preach this message again sometime. I don't know, but this whole message that he preached about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in the beginning, and it's, you know, God the Father, the architect, the, you know, the one that is, that is saying this needs to happen, the Word, Christ, that is the one that speaks it, and, and the Spirit that is the one that is down in there doing the work of creation. And it's amazing. But anyway, but the Spirit of God, when, when Christ said, I, I go to the right hand of the Father so that I can send you the Spirit, that that work, that power, who He is, it resides with us so that we can move in that same power that he moved in. Do we realize what God has placed in us? 
in Luke 17, 20 and 21, it says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Don't just sit up there looking around for where the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. It's over here. It's over there. It's like you're not going to point to it. and It's going to be there. Where is it? For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. I mean, the kingdom of God is within you. The treasure of who he is, the wealth of who he is, the, the power, the, everything, you know, it's like, I, you know, you get into sometimes thinking about something and you can't, I've said this before, it's like just makes your head hurt because you can't possibly understand all of what is it, the meaning of this, but the kingdom of God is within you, so all he is and all that he has all that he can do is within you because that kingdom is there residing inside of you. Do we live that way? <laughs> do we live with the understanding that the kingdom of God resides in us? See, and in this, You know, when, when we talked about Lazarus and, and, and that Jesus coming and when he prayed, he lifted up his eyes and lifted up his hands. He's like, God, I, I know that you hear me. I know that you always do. And he says, I even say these things just not for myself, but for them. And, and he lifted up his hands and is praying. But he knew something. That we, need to, that we need to get. That when you're, you focus, that we don't have to focus on this pleading in the time of the need when we've been focusing on heaven and God in our personal time. He says, I've spent time with you. God, Jesus was like, I, I've spent my time just before you in, in communion with you and, and you showing me who you are and me loving you and, and trusting you. And we've spent that time together. So really this prayer that, that we're having right now, this communication is, is for, them to, for them to know that, that we're in communication, but I already know and I know that you hear me. But whenever Jesus is working out these miracles, when we read in these things, he's not asking God, hey God, will you please come do something in this person's life? Hey God, will you, oh, you know, something's going on here and I just want you to work something out. You know, God, please, can, you, can you please? No, he says, what, is it, what happens in those times? He speaks and it happens. Because he knows already what's in him because he's already had that time with God. And so he comes to this moment of, of a need and he just speaks and it happens. Be healed. Be set free. Eyes open. 
In that moment with Lazarus, he says, you know, God, I know that you already hear me, but what does he do? He says, that's just for them. But what I know I need to do is just say, Lazarus, come forth. And I see this and, I, and I'm like, man, do, do we get, do we understand that, that that time that we are supposed to spend with God is this time of getting to know him in this communion, this communication, so that we are built up in strength and understanding that, that we don't have to question anything whenever something comes. That I don't have to ask God, hey God, are you there? I don't have to ask God, hey God, do you want to do this? But we've already spent that time with him so that we say, God, you want to be healed. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Just speak it. Because we understand, but when we know that the kingdom of God resides in us and we've taken that time with Him, it's again in Mark 8 23. So He took the blind man. Mark 8, 23. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. It's interesting. That his friends brought him to Jesus. They begged him, will you please just touch him? Will you please heal him? And Jesus doesn't say no, but it seems that he says not yet. He seems that he says not in this place that he is right now. Because it says, so then Jesus led him by the hand and led him out of town. I don't, has anybody wondered about this? And it seems to be, And I believe this is true, and it's true because I know that it's true for many of us, is that whenever we are in a place where we are comfortable, in a place that we know, in a place that we've stayed for a while, or maybe all of our lives, it is hard to step out in faith and to believe that this thing is going to happen. And we ask God, it's like, God, you know, what is it? That's making this thing that I've been asking you to do take so long. And I believe that maybe we need to ask God, what is it that you want to do in me so that this thing that I'm asking can happen? Because it seems that many times, that the reason that something isn't happening isn't because he's unwilling, isn't because he can't do it, but it's because we're not in the right place for him to do it. That he wants us. See, if I stay, if this blind man stayed there in the town where he knew where every, he, he knew how to get around, he 
He didn't have to see. He can get around his bedroom, get around his house, how many steps it took to get down the street, to get to everything that he need, needed. He didn't have to have any trust anymore because he had built up this comfortable place in the town that he was in. So even in his blindness, he could make it without stubbing his toe probably. There was no need for the faith in that town, I would say. But Jesus led him out of town and said, I want to take you to a place. You're going to have to get out of that comfortable place that you're in, and there's going to have to be something change in your life. You need a change of scenery. You might need a change of how you've been doing things. But many times it is more likely that something needs to change in us. And that is the reason that things aren't happening in our lives. And I'll, I'll say that. Like I've, I've said, even just like, I don't know, I, I can't come up with an example right now. But just like, God, hey, come on, why is it that this, these things are moving forward? And he's like, why aren't? you to the place that I've asked you to be so that these things can happen. That's, he's, he told me that, you know? And I'm like, shoot, God, I thought you were just going to do these things, you know? But in this, with the story of the blind man, with me, with us, if he does that thing and we're still in that place, how easy is it going to be for us to go back to the way we were? How easy is it going to be to stay in that place? When he wants to do something in your life, he wants to do it so that he can use you to change the world around you. He can use you to speak of who he is to those that need him. But if I'm still sitting in that comfortable place and he does that thing in my life and I'm like, but I'm still comfortable. I don't know if I want to go out there. So he took the blind man and led him out of town, took him out of his comfortable place. Are we willing to be uncomfortable to see God do a miracle in our lives? Are we willing? And it's, it's <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it's not my favorite thing to be uncomfortable. But I have, I have, I have seen that that is one of the most Prevalent things that holds people back is the not wanting to step out into the unknown, not wanting to step out from the comfort zone of where they've been, even to see what God will do in their lives, even to see the fruition. But I don't know. But I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't know if I can do. He wants to do this in your life. Will you step out of that comfortable place and trust him? So he led him out of town. 23. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Do you see anything? 
Now, in this moment, when he's spitting on his eyes, you know, I, I love, again, to study all the deep depths, and I'm not all there yet, but in studying this, he's like, why? Why did he spit on his eyes? Like, couldn't he just touch him? And the answer is yes, and probably it was just the touch that healed this man. And even studying this, some have said that, like, most likely... Because he was blind for so long that his eyes were gunked together. And because of that, Jesus spit and wiped. It's like a mom, you know, when a kid has like pink eye or some nasty eye stuff. And, and you wake up. I've had this, not recently, but whenever I was a little kid, you know, and you're like, I can't see, you know. I can't see it. You know, my mom had to come in and be like, oh, got to get that washcloth and wipe that junk that's keeping your eyelids closed. And that's what they're saying, that most likely that was the only reason for the spit. That he probably, his eyes were, were gunked together and he had been blind for so long. And, and so Jesus spit and wiped it and opened his eyelids. But the touch was what healed him. The touch was what healed him. Do we believe? Do we have faith? Do we trust? Are we standing in faith that these things will happen that we've been asking for? Even if it means that we have to get out of our comfort zone, even if it means that it's going to take a little bit so that we can be in the place that we need to be. Mark eleven twenty four 24, it says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, trust, have faith. There needs to be faith in there. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. In that moment, we're asking, we're, we're putting that, that faith to work and, and trust and trusting God. And in this, as you study this word, this word shall, or it says will in the New King James Version. In the King James Version, it says you shall have them. You know what that word shall means? It's actually a first per, future first person singular of to be. Okay? Follow me now. I'm not an English person, so I don't even know what that meant. But <laughs> Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. You know what this word shall? Actually, the definition as you look it up in the Greek, shall have them means I shall be. I shall be. So when you read this scripture with that definition in mind, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe, trust, have faith that you receive them, and I shall be them. It says, I will be the healing that you need if you trust in me. He, see, I'm going to lead you away to trusting on your friends. I'm going to lead you away to trusting what has been comfortable. I'm going to lead you away from the Pharisees or those that are leading you astray. 
Those things, that stuff of leaven that's going to leaven you the wrong way. I'm going to lead you away from that. But I want you to trust me and I want, to, I want you to be led into where I am is what he's saying. I need you to be brought to a place where you can stand in faith with me and trust me and who I am. Because what I want to do is I want to be what you need. Believe that you receive them and I will be them. He will be your comfort. He will be your healing. He will be your restoration. He will be your provider. He will be your sustenance. Like, he is everything that we need. And he says, I will be those things. <clears throat> Are we willing to be uncomfortable? Step into the place where he can be everything that we need. Mark 8, 25. It says, then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. He had, he had looked up and saw everybody like trees. You know, and, and it, he said, I see men like trees. And probably the only reason he believed that they were men instead of trees is because they were moving, you know. He's like, I don't think trees are supposed to move like that. So I'm sure they're men. <clears throat> this is the only place in Scripture where we see this kind of gradual, gradual healing by Christ. And, and, and it makes you wonder, like, why is that? It's not because he couldn't do it all at once. It has to be that he's trying to teach us something. And he's trying to pull things together. And I believe that it's this, this message that he's trying to get to his disciples. Where he's talking to them. He's saying, I need to lead you away. Do you still not believe? It's taken a little bit of time, and, but you should be believing, but you're still not. But it, it's going to take a little bit more. And then you see, it's going to take a little bit more to where you are understanding the things I'm wanting you to understand. To where you're seeing the things I've wanted you to see. And then we come to this moment with the blind man and you see this gradual healing, not because Jesus couldn't do it all at once, but because he wants us to see that it will happen, even if it takes time. I feel like to me that speaks that too many times something takes a little bit longer and we want to give up. We lose faith. We lose trust. We start, start trying to seek after some other way. But Jesus says, hey, you might be seeing men that look like trees right now. It might feel like it's not fully come to pass, but I want you to understand. Don't let, don't let your bread get leavened by the wrong thing. Don't be letting these other things fill up and, and you know, mess up who you're supposed to be, but seek after me and allow me to be all that you need. Allow my presence and who I am to leaven you and just trust. When bread, right, it takes time. Yeah. See, in all this, this stuff is taking time to happen. Now, I've actually never made 
homemade bread. But I hear it takes time. You know, you got to you gotta have all the right ingredients, the right yeast, you know, and all the stuff, the, everything mixed together, and then you got to let it sit. You know, also, I just was thinking about this, right? You have to, like, leave it alone, right? If you mess with it, it'll mess up the rising, right? And too many times we try to get in there and work things whenever God's trying to get us to the place that we need to be. And we're trying to mess the stuff up. And he's like, look, that, that bread's going to fall. That bread's going to be flat. Don't mess with it. Allow me to do what I want to do so that it can rise to the place that I want it to rise. It might take a little time, but let me leaven you. And in 25, he put his hands on him again. Why did it take that long? Because he wanted to show us. Listen, trust in me. Don't stay in that comfort zone. Allow me to bring you out of that place that you're comfortable. And it might take a little bit of time, but I want you to know that it will happen. You will see clearly. It may look like men are trees right now, but you will see the fruition of what I want to do in your life if you trust me. He says, I will take care of your needs. I will be the answer to those things that you need, those questions those prayers. And we come back up to the part of this chapter where he's talking to the disciples about the leaven and what he says is, and they don't have this scripture up there, but having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, 12. Also, when I broke the seven from the four, for the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? And he's still not saying it perfectly clear, but I believe what he's trying to say is, is it's, like, do you see, whenever I said something about leaven, I'm saying something about trust and faith and, and these Pharisees, you got to get away from these guys and trust in who I am. And whenever I said something about leaven, you said something about bread. And do we have enough bread? And wait, like, think about this. What does he tell them? They're like, oh man, we don't have enough bread. And he says, were you even there when we fed 5,000? Were you there when I fed 4,000? How is it that you don't think this silly one little piece of bread could feed three to 10,000 people because that's what we've been doing all along and you still think that you have to trust in your natural means? says, you're not seeing what has happened. 
But if you trust in me, if you have that faith, do you, do you not have the faith that with this piece of bread, we can do great things? That if you allow this leaven that I want to give you to, to help you to rise to the place that you need to be, that there will be these great things happen. That if you get out of your comfort zone, if you allow me to lead you out of the town to that place where you're comfortable, that we can see so many amazing things happen. He said, get away from that place of, of, of lack of faith. What are you looking to? What are you looking at? They were looking at one piece of bread. They should have been looking at, and what he, what he tells them, how many baskets were left over? They should have been looking at the 12 baskets left over and the seven baskets left over. They should have, he's telling them, he's like, do you understand that if you give, he's saying, break it and give it away. If you give, if, if you trust me, you will always have what you need. You will always have even leftovers. Be aware of the leaven. Let him get you out of town. Or let me say it this way. Let him get you out of your comfort. so that he can do this thing that he wants to do in your life. You are the bread that he wants to feed, he wants to use to feed the world around you. But what's making your dough rise? Is he making your dough rise? Is he the one that is filling you up? Is he the one that you are putting your trust in? above everything else without letting any of that other mess to get interfere with it, without us trying to mess with it and make it go flat, are we letting him bring us to the place that we need to be? What's making our dough rise? Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.